set, huh? Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to wanna win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another Trap or Dive podcast. I am your host, Molly Mo. Um, look, hey, Al Two peeped it right at the, right at the start, man. I did have to do a little title update, bro. Perfect timing. Shout out to uh, who was it that said that? Yeah, we got we got perfect timing today, man. Ain't everything work out right? <laughs> um, but now I appreciate everybody who's checking in uh, live. Uh, let's get the administrative items out of the way. Like, subscribe if you on the audio side um give us a good rating and review man it takes two seconds to show your support also it's your kid b-day man dirty 30 in the building oh, right you know what i'm saying i'm 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 getting there man i i oh did i leave my bro i was hoping everybody was going to be on here that's going to be on here today because i was like we're going to sing my man happy birthday today and yeah man hey. by myself <laughs> hey nah, i need i need the i need the i need the choir man i need everybody yeah, here. AJ, saying, just, everybody AJ just, just checked in hold on let me get aj in the thing my um, man finally 30. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally 30, bro. You know, everybody called me old yesterday at Thanksgiving. Like, man, you you finally you finally finally be an old. And I'm like, look, man, I'm hey, cool you with it. My tier now, bro. <laughs> I, I'll take I'll take that. I'll take that, bro. I'll take hey. that, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's only 11 a.m. But look, man, got a little I got a little swig in here. I got the bottle downstairs. Hey, but I'm, hey, I'm gonna take myself a little hey, swig. Boy, drinking hey, dirty ginger ale. Yeah, hey, look, man. <laughs> gotta do what it do, brother. Gotta do what it do. And um, now on, a, on a serious note, man, happy birthday, Ma. Congratulations entering the 30 and up club. Uh, hope that you have a, a great one. We know what you got going on next week in Vegas, but either way, man, we appreciate your friendship. We appreciate what you do uh, for the Washington community, but just overall as an individual. And, man, more blessings, more prosperity, more life. Live it up. Don't get too lit. Impossible. Get that's, lit. That's gonna happen. Get too lit. It's going. Hey. It's going to happen. I don't plan on remembering most of my nights when I go to Vegas, bro. That's the. That's that's the. That's hey, the. Nah, that's see, see, nah. see, that's see, not see. the move. That's no. Not that the is move. the move. That is the move. The move I'm baby. telling you, that's the move. Bro, Vegas. Vegas is different. You might. You might get kidnapped. You might end up in jail if you do see, that. Now, Man, hey, look, AJ, we ain't putting that energy out there. You know what I'm saying? But hey, I guess man, I'm a, I'm gonna, gonna go down there and get you, drunk like that. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some videos, some people that you know, first time in Vegas, it did not go too well for them when they went with me. Like, oh boy, yeah, but you, you gotta, pay, you gotta, you gotta pace yourself out Vegas, man. <laughs> hey, look, first of all, you know, I, have you been? Have you been during the winter time? Like, not not that. Oh yeah, all the, okay, all the, all the time. Okay, okay, I was about to say it because it feel like. I feel like the summertime, like that, also plays a factor because it'd be hot as shit out there, and like people just be going crazy. But okay, yeah, I don't so, know if y'all remember the story. I uh, like even when we did the draft thing. I am I a pup, to, Rich. I am a pup. I was talking to London Fletcher, so like we all uh went out there for his birthday. Well, not oh, birthday, yeah, talk, but yeah, his retirement or whatever. Yeah, and, and several other times. So it it is different with the pool parties not in effect, but it's still like. Vegas, man, you pretty much drinking all day. Like, man, I used to be out there taking shots of my breakfast. 
having a shot with an omelet. Like that, <laughs> hey. that's just not a healthy life, bro. That's what vacation. I'm saying. You that's why you only do it four gotta, days, bro. You gotta pace, you gotta pace yourself, make sure you eat and hydrate well. I got a couple IV people out there if you need an IV for hydration, whatever, dog, but you gotta just pace yourself. Hey man, that's that's somewhat Surgeon General's warning, man. I'm about to say that's somewhat that's somewhat <laughs> in the plan, but at the end of the day, brother, you know, hey, turn it the fuck up. <laughs> that's, hey, hey, that's what we doing. As long as, as long as you and your folks looking out for each other while y'all hey. out there, man. You know y'all good. Y'all know the code, man. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. No, hey. I appreciate everybody. Um, AJ with the, the the real good words, man. Solid people. Yes, sir. Um, it's your, I don't I don't care what anybody say, like. People, I, you know, we know AJ get he gets some smoke his way all the time, unnecessarily sometimes. But it's a reason. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. I know. I know you are. I'm I, with I, know, it. I know. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. Um, uh, but now nah, I, I say that because like it's a reason why you know us three are together. I said it like a thousand times before. So we're going we're gonna keep it pushing. But y'all know that. Um, sure. look, man, Linnell Willingham is gonna be joining us. Y'all know Nell. Uh, he's gonna be joining us any minute now. Um, I know he was on his way home when we talked, so uh, he should be joining us shortly. Uh, we 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 know what just happened. Um, let's go ahead and we, we're gonna start at the top with with the the breaking news. Uh, we're not going to bury the lead. Del Rio fired. Um, out as Washington D.C. Uh, also Brett Wieselmeyer, who is the replacement of Chris Harris. Um, he was fired as well. Um, the DB coach for the Commanders. Um. It's it's so crazy because like yesterday we kind of knew like based on how the flow of the game was going in itself, um, it was an uphill climb. Um, we we knew that Washington, in order to win, it's somewhat to the Philly to the Philadelphia game when we were previewing those. Um, you were going to have to score thirty plus to beat Philly, and with Dallas, um, you know you knew that you was going to have to score a lot of points in order to beat Dallas, and the whole general baseline um root cause of why you have to score 30 in order to beat these things is because you know your defense don't really stand a chance like you knew that there was going to be some problems and you knew the offense of philadelphia and dallas were potent in itself so they were going to find ways to put up points but at the same time for you to make it that easy on them um and for you to have these positions where like a two-minute drive and they score in 90 seconds after you didn't just cut the lead down to what? I think it was four points at the time. Um, like all of that stuff is just unacceptable. And, and, and we look at it from a bigger perspective, right? Um, there was, it, it wasn't just Wieselmeyer when you think about the secondary. Obviously the secondary regressed. The secondary, or, or from your perspective in the terms of like what you kind of anticipated out of them. Uh, last year they, came, they, they finished the season strong. Uh, but you knew if you talk about a four-year sample size that this defense could never really turn the corner and actually like show that they're a top-tier team or that they're a top-tier defense. Excuse me, a top-tier defense. Um, they they had several gaps, uh, gashes um, allowed through the run game over the years uh, under under Jack. Uh, you're, you're talking about a person who um, you know switched up his whole philosophy this year in a sense, right? Um, you drafted Emmanuel Forbes. You as in the team drafted Emmanuel Forbes, and you're looking at a person in Del Rio who uh they did a lot of zone match and, and even zone last year, but now you implement so much man, it's like you 
Like, what's going on with these guys? Um, you move on from Bobby McCain, and I don't know if you all remember this, Drain AJ. One of the reasons why I mentioned Bobby McCain uh, in in previous in, in a previous episode or two, it wasn't the fact that he was an All Star player, but certain small pieces to a unit is very underrated. Like Bobby McCain was an athlete. Bobby McCain played in several different positions in the secondary, but Bobby McCain was your was one of your best communicators, and he was he was solid in terms of what he saw. Like, sure, he got beat a couple times, but at the same time, like, he was one of the veterans who can really hold shit down in the secondary. You got rid of him. You put in Percy, Percy Butler. You asked Cam Curl to do more than what he was doing in the past. Um, And then, obviously, Derek Forrest was there. Derek Forrest is injured now. But now you're starting to see Cam Curl in situations where you don't ex- – you, you didn't expect him to give up so many big plays. Um, And – or even in a situation where you're, you're giving him opportunities to make plays in different positions. And he wasn't a playmaker. Um, and then obviously Percy Butler, uh, I, I love his physicality at times. Like he's not the best tackler, but at the same time, he's a physical athlete. Um, and he's an uh, explosive athlete who's going to make some plays sideline to sideline and has range. But then also you see the lapses in the secondary when he has more exposure and more snaps on the field where he's giving up big plays. The play that the Brandon cooks on Sunday, I mean, uh, excuse me, Sunday, yesterday, you're talking about a person who didn't gave up, uh, like how, how do you get manipulated? on the post corner when Ben is expecting inside help. Granted, Ben got cooked too, but at least Percy, hey, be in position to help me out. And and so like a whole overall perspective of how the defense really, and then I didn't even talk about the linebackers or the, or the defensive line. Like we talk about it all the time. Like you never really mix things up on the defensive front. You never gave looks to uh, opposing offenses or even offensive lines where you can even put Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Duran, John, like you can't even mix it up to put things in, uh, put them in different situations to win. Um, John, guaranteed he's gonna play on the right side alongside Chase Young. Duran, guaranteed left side three tech or, or or nose tech if you're in the Cinco, but he's gonna play alongside Montez Sweat. You don't, you never had Montez or Chase on the same side. You never had Duran uh on the same side as Chase. Like a vanilla defense that we talked about last week. Um, or last last episode, and I pass on the floor to pass all y- your thoughts on Del Rio now. But like it was just a, a long time coming. Um, you you like the the performance in itself was was predictable, uh, and the dam broke. And and really, if you thought that they played a clean game up until the fourth quarter, which I thought they did, they weren't. They, the talent clearly is is the gap is there. But if you thought they played a clean game up to that point, they did. But it still wasn't enough, and the proof is in the pudding through execution and roster decisions and just overall talent. Had to go. Yeah, I mean, so the thing, I just said this on Twitter, Maul, but this move just doesn't really move the needle for me at this point. I mean, I feel like we – I think we talked about this last year. Jack Jack Del Rio probably should have been fired last year. (laughs) Like, I mean, not even probably should have been fired last year. And now you actually go out here, you fire him when your season is pretty much over because you're just pretty much playing for pride at this point. You're four and eight. You got pretty much the toughest schedule going in football going forward. I mean, you got the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Cowboys again. I mean, you're not going to win. You know, you're not going to go on a five-game winning streak. So your season's pretty much over. So they pretty much did this. In my opinion, this probably came from the top. I don't think Ron wanted to do this because – this doesn't really serve any purpose for Ron at this point. Now he's pretty much there, you know, like I said, it's coming from the top because Josh Harris is like, hey, 
Ron. We got to give this fan base a bone. I don't think he said it to Ron like that, but he's pretty much giving us a bone in a sense because somebody fan the fans want blood after yesterday. 45-10 loss, you know, we're pissed. You know, not even not even just that. All of this in one week. You know, on Sunday, you just got your butts whipped by the Giants who you had no business losing to. And then on Thursday, you come out here and you get the doors blown off for you on Thanksgiving. And Josh Harris was there uh, at the Cowboys game. This was his first Thanksgiving game, first Cowboys game. It was embarrassing to him, and I'm sure they feel there's some kind of pressure to do something. So then you go out and you fire Jack Del Rio, the defensive backs coach. But the thing that's interesting to me now is Ron can't delegate anymore for his little, for the rest of his little tenure. The rest of these little five games we're playing, Ron can't delegate. He has to actually go out there and coach his ass off, or you know, do something. <laughs> I don't. It's not going to make much of a difference because at this point, you don't you don't even have the talent on defense. I mean, if you ask me. I mean, I just think this, you know, roster has just, you know, a lot of us, I mean, including me, we kind of oversold a lot of the guys on this team. And as I look at the roster now, it's just not a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, we well, at least not top-end talent. And there's enough mediocre talent on there to drag the rest of whatever talent you do have down. So coaching at this point, it doesn't matter. I mean, like I said, the Cowboys game was just an embarrassment. They had to give us a bone. Again, it's not going to move the needle. It's just something that hold us over into January. But I mean, that's pretty much where I feel on Jack Del Rio at this point. Right before you go, AJ, I'm going to just read the statement that Josh Harris uh, released, um, and then we can get right back to your thoughts. Um, so Josh Harris released a statement, um, and I'll read it as following. Uh, for those that's listening, um, this morning I spoke with Coach Rivera, and he recommended that the team makes – make changes at defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach. I accept those recommendations and want to thank Jack and Brent for their contributions to the commanders. We wish them and their families well moving forward. I feel exactly how our fans feel today. Disappointed and frustrated. It's how our players and staff feel as well. I knew our first season of ownership would include challenges along the way, and we would not shy away from hard work, nor will we be deterred by adversity. As coach Rivera and I have discussed, all of our energy for the remainder of the season will be focused on playing better, more consistent football, and developing our players while intently evaluating the areas in which we need to improve this offseason. Our fans deserve a team that can compete with the NFL's best and win sustainably over the long term. I will not waver from that mission. Thank you to our fans in which you breathe new life into our franchise. We have not been good enough this season, but our resolve for the future is unbroken. Um, That's a good statement. So That's a good statement. So I clearly um, and this is what I was thinking, too, which was before the news broke. I just thought that um, it seems as if Ron still has a ton of power and control. Not like this is the wrong thing. Like it's his year is do. Hey, you make your bed, whatever you do. And it seems like uh, he still has the air of Josh Harris in terms of making personnel moves and personnel decisions. Um, and I think that's what this looks like. But it also tells me from this thing, if he has that much power still in terms of his his season, um, he probably gets the whole year. I don't I don't think he's getting canned anytime soon. No, that's why you made the move with Jack Del Rio. Like you're not firing. I mean, if you were going to fire Ron Rivera, you weren't just going to make this uh, single move to fire Jack and his uh, defensive backs coach. But to me, like I love that statement because that's a stark contrast of what you would get got from Dan Snyder. Dan probably wouldn't have made a statement at all just because it was a staff firing. That's why Ron had to come out and make a, a, a statement. Or as you said, Maul, he still has some kind of level of control because he does, he, he has control over the guys he's hired at this point, you know, now um, I don't know what actually led into the firing or if it really came from the top. I mean, but 
it was good that Josh Harris spoke on it because now he's showing that, hey, I noticed, I feel it. You know, he's also putting himself in our in our shoes as a fan as well. You know, that these type of losses hurt him as much as they hurt us. You know, I don't know how much how true that is, but it's still good to know that the owner recognizes that and that he does have a pulse because we need to see some accountability. Like a lot of times in the Snyder era, Snyder dodged a lot of accountability and he hid behind a lot of people in certain things. And he probably wouldn't have made a statement as professional as that. So it's good to see that Josh has a pulse uh, for things. But as you said, Ron, this, this really just means Ron is going to finish out the season. But we, we knew that pretty much. I mean, because you're not going to make another fire and after fire in Jack Del Rio. You just had to give, like I said, fan, the fan base a bone to let them know, hey, we see, we feel things. Here's a change. More is coming. Uh, we'll get to the question that Amani asked after AJ gets uh, his thoughts out on on everything his opening thoughts what's, what's you got the floor aj yeah i mean uh kind of like how the the sub headline says two years too late like <laughs> i mean at the end of the day it's just it doesn't even matter you're four and eight it doesn't matter you had the opportunity to see how guys that you were still you know on the limb about as far as paying them and and committing uh, a a big portion of finances to in a Chase Young, Montez Sweat, whatever the case, to see how they would flourish in a different scheme uh, under a different coordinator. And you never took advantage of it. Um, When it comes to staffing, firings and hirings, that's that's on the coach. That's not necessarily for the ownerships, uh, ownership groups to meddle into. Of course, they can make their suggestion which I believe is what happened here. It was like after yesterday's debacle, beat down, getting jumped, whatever you want to call it, gang initiation, <coughs> uh, Josh Harris told Ron Rivera, like, either you go or you got to get rid of somebody. And Ron decided to get rid of a couple people. And and is I tweeted about this like five minutes ago. It's deja vu. This is the same thing that Ron did in Carolina. In Carolina – with the Panthers, there's a guy by the name of Eric Washington that was defensive coordinator who now is defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. He demoted him as defensive coordinator. He Ron Rivera took over play calling. He fired the defensive line coach and fired hey, the coach. I'm listening. I'm I, listening. I, I'm I said show, this I'm to y'all. y'all on the show so many times. <laughs> Here we go. Look at your look at your boy. Uh... Look at your look at your boy Jeremy Reed, bro. He sent this. He sent this before <laughs> the news broke. Let me zoom in for the people looking. He sent this before the news broke, bro. Wow. Thank and you. That God. says a lot. That says a lot. Uh, but you know what was I mean, funny though? Can we he could just be thanking God though, man? Nah, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, hey, I don't no. listen, listen, listen to what you teamers does, bro. Like see, I'm about to say, listen, you've been you've been you've been sneaking, you've been sneaking this and that boy for, for a little 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 second now, bro. Thank because you he talked he talked like he, he he be tweeting like he Derwin James. I don't follow him, but, but I don't I, say, <laughs> he, I don't I don't he be acting don't like he plays like Right, you know what you're saying, but I, I'm like, into that to that extent though, like, how is this not related? I'm saying, how is this not related to to the football shit? That's what I'm saying. Because like, you can it, wake up every morning and thank God. Does he do that though? I don't know his patterns. Let's go to his right now. See how many times he said thank you, God. Let's let's scroll down, bro. 
Let's scroll down and see how many times he's. Oh wait, I didn't know anything about that this morning. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know, bro. That's real convenient. Hey, bro. All right, nah. I, re- I, res- man, I respect it. I-, I respect it. I respect it. Nah, bro, keep scrolling. Nah, bro. I want to see if he. See if he. Uh, thank God yesterday or or okay. Wednesday. Or I, think I got it. I got it. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the little jump, <laughs> and then we're gonna do. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, God. God. April 2017. Man, he ain't bro. said that shit years, man. God did something this morning. God did hey, something bro, this morning. What? <laughs> oh, no, nah, he bullshit, bro. I was like, God did something playing, this morning bro. for him. He got hey, a real playing, major bro. blessing this morning, man. Hey, man, but I think, well, matter, matter of fact, he's still in the group chat. Even though he away from the team, he's still in the group chat. He might still be in town getting a rehab. I don't know, but yeah, because I'm pretty sure players knew like first thing this morning. Like they probably to, they probably even knew as they, they were landing to. back into the area last night from their flight. But he probably um, got fired on the plane. Yeah, I mean <laughs> at, at, at at the end of the day, man, it's, just, it's just deja vu, bro. Like I I've seen Ron Ver do the same thing in Carolina, and the same thing is happening here in Washington. I've been calling that it was going to happen. I don't know what he thinks he's going to do as play caller, um, but good luck. Good luck the rest of the way. It's not It's not going to change. Like It's not going to change anything. It's just I feel like you've wasted opportunities to put guys in better situations and also to properly evaluate, you know, t- two key players in Montez Sweat and Chase Young, and now those guys are gone. And you don't have no answer at defensive end. Now you're right back in the market going to have to either pay for defensive end or two of them or draft a highly touted defensive end in the first or, or second round. I mean, the everything's on the table at this point, but it's just insane to me that it took this long. But that's his boy. You feel me? And that's why I feel like Josh Harris said to him, like, either we relieve you of your duties or you relieve – these two individuals and Ron had to make a decision because that's his, that's his, uh, that's his decision on the firing and hiring of staff members. So, uh, for those listening, Neil just checked in, man. Uh, Linnell Winningham, the good man, uh, one Oh six, seven, the fan and the leader of the youngest in charge movement, the big dog. Um, but before I give him the floor right quick, I just wanted to say this so I don't forget. We need to talk about um the actual talent on this roster. Um, I, I kind of hinted to it in previous episodes about like how I feel about it in terms of like who I would even bring over to the new regime, but I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it. I guess to hell with the Cowboys game, honestly. Um, we can talk about Sam Howell on Tuesday. So um we'll we'll kind of do big picture today. Neil. Uh, you got the floor. You haven't missed much. We've been talking about Jack Del Rio uh, all morning, so you got the floor, man. What's your thoughts on uh, everything that's transpired post Dallas game? Mute it. I'm muted. What's good, yeah, fellas? Go. I mean, I don't even know what to say, man. First <laughs> of all, I'm about to tap into my leftovers. I didn't even get to eat Thanksgiving food yesterday. They had me slaving at the damn office. Doing a, a bunch of extracurriculars. You was on during the game? No, but I had to watch the game. Oh, yeah. Of sure. course, you always have. So it was different watching the game and not doing the end game show. 
so I had to suffer the last two weeks actually getting to watch it. But I mean, I, I don't know where to start. This is this is like all clown show. I probably have a little bit more insight than y'all do on this, but I'm gonna ask y'all anyway. What the hell? I need to know why Chris Harris isn't here no more. I, I, that's what needs to. This is probably gonna sound hyperbolic. That may be the move that ended this season. I mean, you know why though? Like Chris, Chris thought he was in line. He actually thought that uh, Jack Del Rio was gonna be fired at the end of the year, and he was gonna get elevated to defensive coordinator. That's why he started taking job interviews and other opportunities with other teams, whether it be a... with collegiate with collegiate teams. He even interviewed, if I'm not mistaken, with the 49ers for their D coordinated job and maybe even the Titans, I believe. But I know he also interviewed with Wisconsin for the D.C. job. But overall, you know, the opportunity wasn't presented for him to be elevated from mm-hmm. DB's coach to D coordinator in Washington. And he decided to take the passing game coordinator job uh, with the Titans. I think well, there's a lot. There's a lot that we don't know about that, man. I, I'm telling you, it's deep. I think it's deeper than rap, is how I would describe it. But, but see, now I, I wanted to ask you, since mm-hmm. on that subject, does Jack, I mean, because I know you probably have a lot more insight, does he have a good relationship with anybody on his staff? Because I mean, the DL coach, he got fired. I mean, then you're talking about, you know, Chris Harris, he leaves. I don't, he probably didn't have a good relationship with him, but how was Jack's relationship with the rest of the staff? I'm not really familiar with his relationship with the rest of the staff i know the players the players they don't they like the players like jack from everything that i hear like i know obviously the the dust up comments clearly rub people the wrong way but i think they like to keep it football in the locker room anyway you don't really want to talk too much politics but i i don't know bro i think it's the ego thing with the chris harris thing allegedly they didn't know chris harris's contract was up I've heard that, that it was an accident that he didn't get retained. And I, it's hard to believe that because it's like there's no way they're that incompetent to where they don't know who what, what coach is not understaffed. But that's the biggest change. The personnel on defense is the exact same. You can even make the argument that you upgraded a little bit by, by bringing in the two dudes that you brought in in the draft. But I, I'm scratching my head at all of it because it just doesn't make sense. And I feel like y'all have already said everything I'm about to say, but like, None of this makes sense. And if the DB move was the move that ultimately made the defense go awry, then Ron should be fired because he oversees all of this. And Brett, I I keep calling him Brett. The new name is Brent. I've been calling him Brett all year. I don't know your name, Slim. You're probably not him. Call it what it is. (laughs) And then I asked, it's crazy. I actually have an interview that I never posted. I called Cam Curl after practice during training camp. And I stuttered in the interview, so I never posted it. But, like, when I asked him about Coach Vs, he didn't seem like he was thrilled about it. But he was – Cam was going to take the high road and everything that he says. But it's just a – it's a clown show, bro. And then Ron Rivera calling defenses, like, are we serious? This shit might get worse. Well, it don't help that you play in Miami and in, in what? to lead the meeting? He's going to have to stand in front of the room and lead the meeting, bro. I know damn well he don't know what's going on, bro. And then they released <laughs> dueling statements. They released dueling statements. Oh, they did? Bro. Yes, bro. Josh, yeah, you see Josh's statement? I saw Josh. I saw oh, Josh's, but where's the what's the duel? Somebody another Josh. Oh, Ron made one. Oh, Ron made his statement first. Oh, Ron double back. Is that I recommended that Coach Rivera? I read it, man. It's getting messy over there, bro. You could tell that like Josh is flexing his muscle almost with this. But so, like, 
but no, like Ron has done this. Wait, where's the statement at for Ron? I'm I'm looking for it. I don't. Who, Did who, they delete who, the Ron statement? It's probably no. Ron, Ron made the generic statement, he, and it was real brief. He just pretty much said, "I, I have let Jack Del Rio and Wieselmeyer go. You know, wish them all the best going forward." Blah blah blah. That was, was it. Was it Ron's? Was it on Ron's page or the Commanders? Commanders. Josh just right, came out okay. and released the statement within the last twenty minutes about. Yeah, Maul read that on air. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm looking. For so yeah, I look I'm, at that as doling statements. Those statements came out like 10, 15 minutes apart. They did. They did. They did. Oh, yeah. I see it. Okay. Today I relieve Jack Durrell and Brent Vissemeyer their duties. I appreciate all that they contribute to the. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would. I would pay to know what that conversation went like. Because you started laughing, AJ, I think, but y'all know damn well Ron don't know about defenses and offenses in this day and age, bro. I mean, he, yeah, he did what, it. He, but, but look, Jay, is, Jay Tyler's so. right, though, because he said that, nope, I, I'm i looking at it, I'm reading the statement. He said that he only spoke with, with yeah. Coach Rivera, and 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 Rivera recommended the changes. Right. Like, and but, Ron said oh, the so same did thing. I read he it wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, yeah, that's, Ron that's said that happened. he... Re- yeah. Ron said that he relieved Jack Del Rio and Brent Vesemeyer. And, mm-hmm. and Josh Harris said that he, he spoke with Ron and Ron recommended it. But personally, I think that this oh, recommendation, yeah. even though, you know, um, Harris said that, you know, Ron recommended it, I think is possibly the other way around because he wasn't going to fire Ron Rivera because who are you putting in that place? You know, I, I don't think they had feel comfortable with putting anybody in the place of Ron for the rest of the season. Just let him finish it out. But I do think that Josh Harris probably recommended it as a sense of we have to show some accountability right now. You know, our fan base needs to see some kind of accountability and this will hold them over at least until January. I mean, that's just my opinion on how it went down. I mean, I'm, I'm with three you, Dre. Drug overdoses. I'm, I'm with you, Dre. And, and that's why I keep saying it's deja vu. Ron has been in this similar situation in Carolina with David Tepper, and he took the same exact measure. He's going to save. He's going to try to save himself, but in reality, there's no saving because, unlike the Carolina situation, he had like multiple years left on his contract. This case, you only got one year left, my boy. You out. Like it's the same exact situation. Wait, but what happened? Out. What? How did he try and save himself? He 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 demoted his defensive coordinator in Carolina, Eric Washington, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. He mm-hmm. fired his defensive line coach around. It was in December of 2018. He fired the defensive line coach and he also fired the DBs coach. And he named himself as the play caller for the Carolina play, uh, Panthers. While there. <laughs> it's the same thing under a new ownership group. But I'm saying, what? How did he try and save himself here? Like, I, I think we all knew that it wasn't going to be Ron. Well, I'm sorry. I, I assumed that Ron wasn't going to get fired at all. Like after if, if something if something bad happened, so I would, I would expect him to fire defensive coordinator or even an assistant coach. It happened well, to be both. I think Josh Harris went to Ron and was like, either we relieve you or you have to get rid of someone on the staff. Well, why would he leave? I'm not saying I'm not saying what you're saying because, is wrong, but I'm like, I don't think it, I don't view it as saving himself. I'm thinking it's like he didn't reach the ultimatum because he's in this situation where it's like he knew that he he knew I'm I'm betting uh, I bet the house, I bet the mortgage that I'm I'm sure he knew a long time ago that Jack had to go, but he was just holding tight. He was like, Man, this my this my dog, bro. But like, dog didn't let him that's loyalty to a fault. Jack hired yeah. Brett, bro. So what do you mean? I, he, he bought in. Jack, bro, Ron ass ain't doing nothing. Like, y'all got to under... Bro, being at practice, you see he don't do shit. 
Jack has complete control of the defense. So for Ron to instill that much power in him, look at Ron like, bro, he's doing a CEO man joint, bro. That's why he's standing on the sideline with his arms crossed. I'm telling you, bro, if he's the one calling plays against Miami, dog, Tyreek Hill is about to... <laughs> I don't think I'm speaking of hyperbole. He may break the single game receiving record. All I see is draft pick. That's all I care about at this point. Every yard Tyreek Hill get is an extra draft pick. <laughs> hey, so, so look sad, though. Bro. Um, here's I think there's something. Damn, it's so crazy. I just I just blew it. Like it was something I was thinking of that was. I don't want to change the subject completely, but I, I want to kind of like think about um <clears throat> like like the personnel. Uh, damn what. I forgot what it was before the personnel talk. Y'all had brought something up, and it's really I'm gonna be thinking about this the rest of the episode. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and move the forward, the conversation forward. Um, and then if I if I remember it, we'll circle back. So, and and now I'm gonna start with you, bro. Um, a few weeks ago, I don't think you was on the show this one, but a few weeks ago, like I'm over here thinking, like, who would I even bring into the new regime in terms of like players, not even not even coaching staff, right? Coaching staff, I can I can imagine everybody being gone. Except now, even 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 a running backs coach who who, who had survived a long, he, he he survived everything. I think he can even go. Um, but I but I didn't I didn't list it like around somewhere between twelve to fifteen players. Um, that I would bring into the new regime like a few weeks ago, right? And like after some games have moved along, and 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 I had and we have all seen how they had played on the field. It's hard to sit here and say that coaching is the only thing that's holding these guys back right and and like you kind of are aware of it and, and and the talent gap sometimes is 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 crazy um in turn and on top of that the consistency and execution really hurts these guys so that like you got players that you can't really trust you can't fully trust if you're a coach right um and i'm not singling anybody specifically out but that's just kind of the, the facts of the matter point being and here we go i initially thought that this wouldn't be a full rebuild like I, I really, I strongly believe that this would not be a full rebuild after this season. Um, and I'm starting to change my tune mentally about the the course that we're about to go through with this team. Like I'm starting to think that if you look at your receivers, Curtis Samuel, why in God's green earth will he stay? He's a free agent, but he's been your most productive receiver. Um, and then you look at uh the people behind even Curtis, who's receiver three. Like none of them are people that you would keep around. Um, your tight ends, they're not that good. Cole Turner, I have a lot of respect for him in terms of what he can do in the receiving game, but he has not clearly improved as a blocker. They can't trust him in, in the run game. Um, and then Antonio Gibson, free agent. I'm sure he's gonna get some looks and offers in free agency. I don't think he's even interested in coming back. I might be wrong, but that's my opinion. Then you look at the defense. I don't even have to go through the layers. I don't have to go through the first level, second level, or third level to tell you that them boys are clearly flawed on every single level. And I heard you this morning, Linnell, um, before I, before we even cut on, and you were talking about your interior defensive lineman, um, and John Allen, and Deron Payne. Uh, like we we know that this year has not been uh uh replicative of what happened last year, bruh. This off season maybe the start of a full rebuild and i don't know how quickly they can turn things around in one off season this may be a longer process than i imagine bingo 
And I think nobody wants to hear that because we're all microwave society. And the team is bad, but it's hard because, like, I contradict myself on the air sometimes. It's hard. I'm an emotional dude. Because part of me is like, okay, talent can't be that bad on defense because look at what they did last year, the Vikings game, where they clamped Minnesota. I mean, that's one of the best offenses in the, in the league they went toe-to-toe with. The Philadelphia game, they did really well against them. So, like, I'm like, is it – has the coaching changed that much with Brent or Brent or whatever the hell the dude's name is? Because I, I really do think that that could have a huge part in it. But if we're just looking at it from a talent perspective, bro, you said 15, guys. I would have a hard time coming up with 10. <laughs> and I included on, on, Cam Curl in it, like – I'm I'm like Cam, bro, Cam yeah. ain't Cam ain't made no plays since 2020. I feel bad because he wants top five money, but he's not a top five safety. We need to take a page out of Dan Quinn's book. He made some plays, but he don't he don't make no game. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. We need to honestly. I wouldn't mind if Dan Quinn was on the short list of head coaches that they want to bring in. That's another conversation. I would literally mimic what Dallas is doing. They're not fast defensively for no reason. They're literally playing safeties at linebacker. There's a reason they flying balls to the wall and chasing everything. They're not even playing with no true backers. I think Dan Quinn might be ahead of the game in terms of, like, how to put personnel on the field and where the line dude's up at. But on defense, bro, there's probably not one guy I would be, like, banging the table to keep. I legit think that, like, Jamin Davis is not a starting linebacker in the NFL. He can't – you can't cover. that. It's public enemy number one. If you can't cover at linebacker in 2023, you can't play, right? So he's out of there. That's one of your first-round picks. Your secondary. Bro, Benjamin St. Juice is probably a cornerback three. Cornerback four, and we got him as our starter. That can't happen. Bro, star coverage, bro. Like, he's following. I didn't even expect that this year. Like, I'm like, bro, like, y'all did it to y'all did it to Emmanuel Forbes at first. Y'all figured out that he probably can't do it. Then y'all start, y'all stop playing him, like, completely. He ain't even play against the Cowboys, bro. And then you got, you got He was ben. hurt. His, yeah. Oh, he was hurt? My bad. Oh, the elbow. The elbow. the elbow. The um, but, but elbow. Was he active? He was active, right? Oh, he was inactive. He was active. Oh, you know, was all right. So, so now you got now you got Ben traveling on on receivers, and I'm like, in, in my head, right? Ben is Ben is cool. People's I have no problem with him, but I'm like, bro, I can't even imagine your star cornerback. Like I'm talking about on any team, I can't imagine your star cornerback not being like fast enough to stay in position or even having ball skills in terms of at the catch point to make plays on the football. Like, I wouldn't even want that that type of cornerback traveling with your number one receiver. Like, <coughs> like stay on stay on your side, right? Make the plays on your side. But I don't want you traveling. Like, stay where you are, bro. And, and, and that's why I'm like, I don't even know if a number one cornerback can be in that position. Like, you, you are a number one and you are a star corner. Like, you star travel because you can make plays. And, and like, time yeah. and again, we see that, like, just Ben ain't, ben ain't making no plays, bro. I feel for him because Ben balled last year at times, bro. Like, it's not like – that's what's killing me, bro. I think Vesselmeyer has, like, instilled bad habits in the DBs, bro. They're not playing with good leverage. They're not playing with, with, with their eyes. They're not getting hands-on dudes. Coaching has a huge impact with stuff in, like, Vesselmeyer has been there all spring. So they've built these habits up over the course of like the last six months. Because in training camp, bro, seatbelt. You think like, damn, is the offense going to be bad? Because we're clamping these dudes. But no, like they're just sorry. It's call it what it is, bro. I think it's a technique thing more than anything, bro. Because like the personnel is the same. 
that's where I'm having a hard time, like, really trying to understand it. It's not like top five defense last year, top ten defense. Gassing it by saying that. Like, we saw them week in and week out. It yeah. Took a month, but, yeah. Dre, I mean, AJ, y'all got the floor. Go ahead, AJ. When it comes to the defensive back thing, I mean, yeah, it's a big drop-off when you have a former – Defensive back player being your defensive, uh, your defensive back coach to a right. guy who has never done it on the field and also hasn't done it at a high level on an NFL clip, like people are saying. I don't know much about Buddy, uh, resume, but from everything I'm seeing, he last was coaching in high school, uh, or whatever. So when you have someone that can tell you the nuances, the the T steps, or whatever you know, particulars and also brings high energy. Like, that's another thing. Like, there's nobody else on the staff that was bringing that energy at that at that point in time. Now you have Eric nope. enemy that's doing it on the offensive side. But defensively, Chris Harris is a younger dude. He's jumping up and down in practice. He's getting hype. He's running with the players. He's building the camaraderie. He's listening to the same music as them. You changed the whole dynamic of that, of that DB room. I remembered like, I mean, I've had I've had personal conversations with Chris. I tried to get him on this show. Uh, Josina Anderson has alluded to this along the along the way during the season. <laughs> like that's why I always say when it, when it comes to Josina Anderson, she be knowing things, bro. Like she may not say everything fully, but she's alluded to Chris Harris' departure during the season with her tweets, whatever. Like there's certain people that just know things that are going on, but sometimes they don't say it fully because they want to, you know, respect that person and, and what it could possibly do for them. Overall, man, it's just um, it's a poor collective of a team that's built and constructed. And I'm really not sure who's going to be here next year overall, whether it be from the offensive side of the ball and the damn sort of defensively, because I think also some of these guys have been molded into being who they are at this rate. Like, they're they're comfortable with mediocrity. Like no matter what collegiate program they came from, whatever, some of them are comfortable with that. That's, and, that's the culture. That's yeah, and that and that and that that is definitely culture. And that's the negative of culture. You feel me? It's like these guys are <laughs> when you hear when you hear guys complaining about Eric Bieniemy coaching too hard or whatever uh, before the season could even start, they already told you that there's an issue with the culture. It's too lax. Like, they get to do whatever they need to do. Guys don't understand their technique. Guys aren't communicating because they're not playing fast, and they also don't know what's going on. they just being put out in these situations when a team can just you – could, you could score and a team come down and score in, in less than a minute and 50 seconds. <laughs> like, there's – there's It issue. looked easy, and, bruh. And from the jump, Dallas told you, hey, these boys can't cover shit. What do they do? They threaten them with the pass all first half, pretty much. Like everything was a shot. Like the the running back was getting some action, tight end was getting action, wide receivers getting action. I mean, they even let Cavante Turpin score up the seam, bro. I don't even think Buddy has had a receiving touchdown this year, or maybe that might have been his second of his whole career in the NFL. Like it is wide open. It's floodgates. Like so. It is what it is, man. We already knew that this staff was going to be replaced, be fired. I think now with the roster construction going forward, I think you're going to see just as many changes as Colorado made on the collegiate level. 
I think it's going to be a lot of new faces, a lot of transfer, a lot of transfers out. <laughs> uh, Dre, where you at? Oh, and, and before yeah. I, I remember what I was going, I'm going to bring this back into the, as soon as Dre gone, done, uh, I'm going to bring something out. We got, we got a couple more era, uh, areas of turmoil that we need to discuss, uh, but Dre, you got the floor. Yeah, I was just going to speak on the roster construction. I actually agree with AJ. I do see uh, this offseason being one of a lot of turnover. I mean, because I'm just looking through the roster and I'm looking like who is really safe going forward? I mean, because I think Moran took over the franchise. You had a couple of core uh, players. I mean, you had a young Terry McLaurin. I mean, you had a young John Allen, a Deron Payne's. You know, you, you kind of easily identified the core guys when you got here. But when Ron leaves here, I don't know if you have many core guys. I mean, you may keep one of the D tackles, but everybody else on the defense – I would personally, this is me speaking, I wouldn't bring back Cam Curl. I mean, not not for the money he wants. I mean, he's I, I think he's a decent player, sure, but I don't see playmaker. He doesn't he's not a guy that really makes shoot after this year. He probably not he, he probably not demanding what he what he what he thought he could before the season. I don't know, man. I'm still looking at his father's tweets. His, fa- his, father- his father, I was just bro, his father is hilarious for posting something a couple of days ago. About some shit that happened in the first three weeks of the season. Like, come what's on, like, bro, what happened after the first three That's weeks? That's the problem with the culture, dog. And I ain't got no problem with anybody. Like, everybody light up, man. It's, man, his father probably be smacked when he be posting some of this stuff, bro. <laughs> Dead ass. Like, go ahead, Dre. Hey, but that's, I mean, like, that's fine. I mean, that's his kid. He's going to do that and all. But I mean, I think it also, you know, is a reflection of what he probably feels as well. I mean, they they really think this guy's, you know, the best safety or he probably thinks it of himself, which is fine. But I don't think anyone else would think that because you could just look at the season and see, again, solid player, but I don't see him making much of an impact. He's one guy I personally wouldn't bring back. I mean, you you got, like I said, a new GM. He's coming in here, and I think they're going to take a fair, objective look at this roster that a lot of fans don't do. You know, a lot of fans attach themselves to these guys, and they're like, oh, we got to keep this guy forever, or he has to be a commander for life. But the new GM's not going to come in with those burgundy and gold-colored glasses. And that goes for the offense, too. I mean, when you look at the offensive side of the football, I mean, yeah, Terry's been a core guy for years. But you have to wonder if the next guy comes in and say, hey, we can give value for this guy at some point. I mean, why? You, I mean, we're assuming that Josh Harris is going to hire someone that's analytically driven. So, I mean, with that said, he's going to look at everything. He's going to evaluate everything going forward. And some of people's favorites, like I said, may not be here. The running back room. Who's safe in the running back room? Man, I, I like Brian Robinson, but we've talked about this ad nauseum. Brian Robinson, I don't think he's don't special. You slander him, bro. And no, you know I love Brian oh. Robinson, <laughs> but we talk no about way, you bro. know how safe is he on this <laughs> roster? Again, I mean, because uh, you're gonna look at th- this roster was built, you know, by Ron Rivera, brick by brick, him and him and his crew, and we don't see a lot of. Sp- special on this roster i mean even jahan Dotson, who i love i mean but uh, you, you also got to wonder how much of it is due to coaching you know or you know how much of it is due to the player's ability but they're going to evaluate all of that but with that said again you don't have many stars on this roster you don't have many you know guys you could just say hey man that guy's safe regardless i mean like i said it's one or two guys you probably could think and i don't think it's going to be a full 99 you know turnover but it's going to be a lot man we, we could be looking at somewhere between 60 65 turnover on this roster and that's pretty significant i mean like i said you you have to you know evaluate everything and i'm not attached to anybody i mean sam howell is even on that list i mean sam howell is heading up and down season i mean 
I know a lot of fans have already convinced themselves he's a franchise quarterback. <laughs> but again, <laughs> hey, listen. yeah, one, one y'all want to talk about it further? We we gonna do another uh, Sam Howell segment. One one touchdown <laughs> and four intercept through the air. One touchdown and four interceptions since that three game stretch. Um, and Maul, just to speak on that, that's the up and downs. And a lot of fans will tell you, well, he's a young quarterback. He's still learning. That's true. But he's Ron Rivera's young quarterback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The next GM may not feel obligated to say, hey, I got to keep this guy. Or I really want this guy going forward. Because, again, we may be picking top three in this draft. You, mm-hmm. you may be close to the guy. And you can't do the same thing you did in 2020 when Ron Rivera got here with Dwayne Haskins in a sense of saying, oh, man, we got to kind of ignore quarterback because we got a guy here. The next regime, they don't have Dan Snyder looming over their shoulder saying, yeah, you got to pretty much appease to my guy. So anything could be on the table with this roster. So here's this thing that, that I mentioned out that I was bringing up uh, since we're on the offensive side of football. Um, listen, uh, I had I, I reached out to John Conn because I was like, I don't somebody made a tweet. Uh, shout out to Marshall, by the way. Marshall, uh, he he cool people's man. Um, he has said, Khan mentioned that there are players that wish Rivera would take back some of the power given to Eric Bieniemy. Um, and essentially, essentially, when Khan mentioned that, he was like, uh, you know, there are some people who have, uh, I don't know if there's issues, but they are like definitely frustrated like i'm not gonna say exactly word for word what what kyle told me but definitely frustrated players when he spoke with them um and in my head you know i i i have this question of what is that perspective of the enemy in the locker room not even off of that like just generally because you think about it from a macro perspective right like if you just look at it from a bird's eye view terry having his worst season as a professional uh, receiver. Jahan Dawson, a, a significant dip, dip as uh, in his second year. Uh, but but people, while I don't think Jahan actually cares, but but people are looking at him and saying, like, he ain't, he ain't shit. Like, some people. Like, I, 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 you know, I go to bat for Jahan, but it is what it is. Like, some people think he ain't shit for real. Um, and then you look at uh, Sam Howell. Uh, you look at the offensive line. Right. And and whether or not whatever side you are on with Sam Howell or if you're even neutral, um, you have people saying when you talk about Sam Howell and you talk about his flaws or, or his negatives, they point to EB and they say EB ain't helping them or they say the offensive line ain't helping them. Um, again, whether or not that's true is, is besides the point. But you look at what you're looking at from the offense perspective. At the end of the day, you scored 10 points against against um the Dallas Cowboys. And then there was multiple four bounds where, while albeit inconsistent in terms of Ron making the decision, like you could have went for it a couple times when the game was still in reach. And it's just shown like you are trying to win this game instead of trying to be a little bit on the conservative side. Either way, when you reach those four down situations, like it was like, like, I was shot. Like, why are we doing, why are we in this formation? And, and, and why are we doing this play, this specific play? Or why are we eliminating the, the possibility of a run? of run action like all these other things that you know pop up into your head when you think about it again circling back to the point uh yeah man it seems like players are frustrated with eb 
And I wonder like how that looks like from a long-term perspective in terms of um, even like interim, if they do decide to get rid of Ron in season, which I don't think is going to happen, but even from an interim standpoint or moving forward, like how do even people really view, view EB when, you know, people, people aren't really like 10 toes on his messaging and his philosophy. He's the only winner in the damn organization, and they crying about him? That's what I'm saying, man. It's a culture issue on that roster, bro. I said it coming out of OTAs, and I put names to it, bro. Uh, Logan was pissed, after, was complaining to – I think it was Logan complaining to another offensive player after OTA. I remember you talking about it on here, but you – you back then you 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 kept it no name. silent. <laughs> I didn't, but I, yeah, I it, was told it, was, it was Logan. Okay. Complaining. He was like, man, how does he expect me to catch that? Like, it, it was something along those lines. Like, what does he expect? Because EB was like, yo, you got to go get Doc Walker just texted me saying, you got Jack Del Rio fired this morning. <laughs> that is hilarious. But no, nah, bro, I, I don't I don't got no cut cards from that for that, bro. Like, I don't – football is football, bro. If you played – and even if you haven't played, bro, there's a certain way that, like, grown men want to be talked to. But you got to understand that everything was within the context of the locker room. And if they can't take EB coaching, bro, then get the hell on. Like, he's won at every level he's been at, bro. He is a winner. And I understand, like, he had his his back and forth with Pat. That's just two testosterone-filled men having a disagreement. Pat also one of the first people to go to bat for EB. Tyreek, one of the first people to go to bat for EB. Kelsey, one of the first people to go to bat for him. So they have credibility. None of the Jags on this offense do. So they can kiss my ass with that, bro. I'm so tired of hearing – EB's coaching him too hard. Does Ron even look like he can yell at somebody? Have a heart attack. He's like Ron coaching us is like Joe Biden running the country. Guys, <laughs> guys, guys. Yeah, like come on, man. Always oh, the guy. Up and, I don't know, bro. I, well, I I agree with you, Linnell, in that you know if players are complaining about soft, I mean, hard coaching, being coached too hard, yeah, then that's definitely a culture issue. And I do think that's, you know, some of the, the probably the frustrations that the players have about EB. But what if it's not all, you know, the hard coaching? What if it's, you know, uh, their issues with the system or the scheme in a sense? Because I'm thinking about Terry McLaurin in a sense, and I kind of tweeted this last night. And Terry McLaurin kind of made subtle comments early in the season about not being comfortable in the scheme. And then, you know, you look on the sidelines during games sometimes when the camera pans over to Terry, he looks like he's visibly frustrated. Like it's a Terry we just haven't seen. And again, I don't know if it's all, you know, just EB's hard coaching or maybe there's also issues with the scheme in a sense, especially from the wide receiver standpoint, because none of the wide receivers are really eaten in this scheme. You know, so you, you got to wonder. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. That's what I want to hear. Another another assistant coach move that was made that we all ignored. Drew Terrell left to go to Arizona. That's Drew true. Terrell was another wide receiver that could really relate with those guys. Like, bro, last year at camp, bro, this was the threesome that was always with each other. And then Jahan started joining them at the end. It was Curtis, Terry, and Drew. They talk about music. They talk about everything to the point during special teams drills. I would literally go stand by them just to eavesdrop on a good conversation. They was geeking. Like, it was good, fun convo. That, I think, has a part of it. Y'all watch the All-22 a little bit, uh, way more than I do, is what I would say. Wow, Eagles just waved Derek Barnett. He better be here. Better be on his way here. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I don't think – and EB calls him out about it each week, if you notice. The wide receivers aren't playing with detail, bro. That's what I feel. They're not running their routes to the right depth. They're not – they're doing something wrong. Because even when they do have big plays in the passing game, the spacing is off. 
like the the touchdown that uh, Sam threw to Jahan against New England. The spacing was off. Yesterday, Jahan completely ruined that fourth down by himself because he ruined the mesh point. He didn't come across the formation fast enough. The timing was off. So I think he probably got chewed out about that. Like, players aren't going to like when they F up and they don't see it as a big F up, and then the coach sees it as something major. When you're a championship-level coach the way EB is, bro, and you saw the way that Kansas City offense functioned, they didn't have spacing issues. Like, they, they, done, they, they were playing with detail. And I know I didn't really go into great and elaborate on it like that, but, like, that's what I think it is. I think the receivers aren't doing their damn job right all the time. I think Curtis is probably the one doing it the best. Gotta be. He the most productive, yeah. bro. <laughs> I mean, I I think right. it's a it's a combination of things, but it's everyone getting familiar with one another. You you have a, a quarterback that's young that has never played in a pro right. style offense. You also have a offensive line that hasn't played together for a good amount of time. You've had injuries happen or benchings, whatever you want to call it, in the mix of that. Then on top of that, the <laughs> the wide receivers, it's all brand new to them too. Like they're they're trying to get familiar with it. So you're seeing Curtis Samuel eat because he's in the slot. And honestly, Sam Howell's been a one-read type of quarterback. Like if we going to keep it a buck, he been – whatever the play call is, he is already premeditated that he's going there no matter what. Like it's going to take a lot for him to move off of that. And it doesn't really happen. Maybe if he has to play off script sometimes, but he's pretty much doing whatever the first read is within that play call. And that's where it's just like other guys aren't going to necessarily get to eat. But, you know, I think for Terry McLaurin in particular, we we forget that he has a turf toe injury. Um, he's also learning a new offense. He also has another new quarterback that he has to try to build a rapport with that is – younger as far as experience wise and it's just like it's accumulation of things but you're seeing curtis samuel eat because he's in the slot <laughs> that's that's really but what hold it on is. though aj let me ask this though because when you look at like i think it was next gen stats that i was looking at curtis's separation numbers are way better than jahan and and terry's do you think that's because he's lining up off the ball yeah. I, I bro i literally i was about to say bro there's a couple things i'm i'm a let AJ answer this one right quick and then circle back to something. But that's another thing. Like that's, it's a reason why I said even Jahan part, like Curtis, I mean, uh, AJ mentioned that Jahan should be in the slot, but I'm like, bro, like put that man. But even still, like if if you think that's the main alignment, cool. But, but I also think like one of the reasons will will really help him is if, if he's off ball, like have him as, as your Z, like you don't have to worry or, or put him in the stacked alignments. Like he probably is a Z right now. Like it is what it is. But have him in your stack alignments. Hide him in the bunches. Like hide, hide, hide Jahan so he can have clean releases where I'm getting at. And I think Curtis has a lot of that because he's the motion man. He moves a lot on the offense. He even goes in the backfield at times. Um, So that's where I, that's kind of where I, I pause. I'm like, yeah, J- like Curtis don't really have struggles at the line of scrimmage because, I mean, he he faces press coverage sometimes, but he don't have that many struggles because they, they move him around a lot. But AJ, you got the floor. Yeah, and and they should run, run a bit more bunch to get those guys – off of the they line so that they, they don't get pressed. Uh, but that's that's not really happening. <sighs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It goes back to why Curtis Samuel is being more productive in these situations because he's not seeing no press. He got a free release every time. Like, So it's just one of those situations, man. Everyone's getting acc- acclimated with one another, but I think everything will probably get blown up anyway. So 
They'll be not we even need they'll breakdowns, be, but I wanna, Terry, Terry and Jahan more than likely will be learning a new system while Curtis Samuel will end up going to another team as he is a free agent. I need He's to add, bro. Like it ain't no how I think I think so. All right, let me let me actually rewind. Did you say that? Did you say that he he is a one read quarterback? Like definitively? Is that was that what you said? Pretty much. <laughs> We said what, that on Twitter what, last what, night too. What, what I'm saying, I saw that. Whatever, I saw that post, bro. Whatever is the first read within whatever play call they're doing is exactly where he goes and he stays. He rarely moves off. So if that, they're telling him okay. to read the first read outside or the slot, whatever the case, that's where he's gonna go. So you are seeing you are seeing the ball being spread around to those players, but it's just based on the play call. It's not necessarily oh he's going what through happened? progressions and getting to those guys. So to I don't I, I want to add nuance into it. I don't I don't think you're far off. Like because I I clear I tell you all like I think he sticks to his first read at times and 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 especially when it's Terry like he ain't gonna back off Terry like that's his that's his man if it's, if that's the first read. But I also think that um I, I think that what Howell has done as the season went along, not even just in the three game stretch before the three game stretch even started, um before the the Giants lost. Uh, like he was growing and, and starting to even realize like where his where his different reads are in an offense, um, and I and I think that the most comfortable he's been, uh, is where you see him like trust that he can go through at least two reads or two progressions. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and say he goes through four or five, right? But he's he's done it. But I'm not gonna say that's the type of quarterback he is. Um, but also like. I think for for Sam specifically, when you see the the decisions that he's made, like last yesterday, right? I would say this: things were good up until the fourth quarter. Like he's had he had several in the fourth quarter. He had some some late balls that came out right. Um, but what really hurt them is like the missed opportunity. I have said this, Dre and 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 AJ, and I guess to an extent, Linnell, because I, I say it on Twitter too. But I'm like, I'm like, bro, like. Sam Howe's biggest strength is the the deep pass. Like he has that shit on lock. You've seen it from tape in college. But for for on God's green earth, like for whatever reason, he can't hit. He can't hit shit in the NFL. It's he hasn't fluke, hit. Bro. He hasn't hit shit. I'm not in. I'm not capping. Like and people have these excuses. Like I lie to you not, bro. Every time if I post a clip that shows you something where it's like, bro, the the protection the pr- protection wasn't great, but he had enough time to step up and throw or. The protection was good, and he's throwing it to the, the wrong side of, of the receiver. It's always somebody else's fault. I'm like, no, bro, how many times I got to tell y'all that it's not just the re- – like, y- y'all going to blame De'Ami Brown for running a post route and say that he should have ran a skinny or he should have ran a different angle. Like, bro, exactly, yeah. put it, put the pass on De'Ami and give him a chance. It don't matter if he if he was if it was one-on-one and the, the, the <clears throat> cornerback stayed on top. If you want to give him a chance, give him a chance. And, and, and like – I can go. I can go down the well on saying. So I can examples. go down the well, and I can show everybody every single clip where I said that it was on him when you're throwing a vertical pass. But to my to that point, and the reason why I brought it up is like, yeah, like there's. I think that's my biggest thing is like when you have those big opportunities, bro, and you have those moments like we haven't connected on those, and and he has really good arm talent in terms of like literally like ball placement. Um, but you haven't seen it on the downfield explosive plays to that extent. And that's, that's a, regardless of how you view Sam, that is going to be factored in 
regardless of how you slice it, it's going to be factored in for the next evaluator that's going to make a decision with Sam. Hey, that, that's my most disappointed thing about Sam Howell. Like, that's fact. I seen, I seen him hit the deep ball. That was my biggest trait of him that I liked. He could hit the deep ball targets for whatever reason in the NFL. That is not happening at all. Like, yesterday was six to Terry. Gilmore shouldn't have even been in the picture. That ball is behind him. Like, he hung it, we, yeah. We we see it happen way too often. It's like that's your best throw, man. Like what what's going on? Like I didn't see the footwork or whatever, but that's his best throw is the deep ball, and he hasn't hit on any of them. The only one I kind of could give him credit on, I'll say like money the money shot in the Denver game, the Terry McLaurin. Like, but to that point, that was only a thirty yard pass. Like, and I'm not yeah. I'm not discrediting it. Oh yeah, it, it wasn't was a, a very it wasn't pass. like a fifty or something, but yeah. yeah. So that's, that's I mean, where I, that's where I was at. Like it, like even still, the, the jump to Diami in Seattle, like that was a thirty some yard pass. That's cool, but it wasn't <laughs> like you're not talking about a vertical shot where you have that one on one coverage or you have a person that's wide open, um, and he has like five six yards of separation and you hit him in stride. We haven't seen it. Hey, man, when when you mention Sam Howell, people get all sensitive. They panties get in a bunch. Like I know it's it's not being unbiased, bro. It's like what you're seeing. When people are sitting here arguing with you, telling you that somebody's the quarterback of the future, whatever, JT, and you man. see different nuances within their games, and you realize what's happening, they say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You stupid. You <laughs> you don't watch football yeah, whatever. Yeah. Nah, I know the game, bro. Like, this is an exaggeration. Game, oh, go ahead. Sorry. We, we, all, we all got different opinions on stuff, but it's like you don't be unbiased in what you're seeing from him, good or bad. I've never said the boy was ass. I said that I still got to do my research on it. The way <laughs> oh, you know I say somebody is ass. Like I have no problem with hesitating with that, but I just think like when it comes to Sam Howell, everyone wants they want that glamour of oh, we hit on a, a drafted quarterback. And it's okay if it don't work. Like I just hope that some in the fan base just realize what is going on. If this team ends up with a top five pick, they are going to draft a quarterback. Whoever is running the show is going to draft a quarterback. First round. So this is one thing. Jay Tyler said, how many 50-yard passes in there do we really see? It's it's that's all besides the point. Even even that, if I had a but that I have just a, goes I have to my point I just said, Mo. I, I have, I have an answer. I really do have an answer. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, Jay, bro, like if you think about it, bro, like even even regardless of what my answer is, he hasn't hit any. And he yeah. had several opportunities. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't matter about how many we've seen in the NFL, bro. But he has several. EB has drawn. If we're going to give EB credit about anything, uh, given that people are complaining about the players are complaining about him to, to kind, yes. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He has drawn up plays where one-on-one coverage or somebody gets open free on the back end and they don't get the pass completed. Like it doesn't matter about how many we've seen. We don't hit on nothing. And it has a lot to do with the quarterback, bro. Like that's just being real. Damn, they gonna hate you, bro. It, and that's this is why I love hopping on with y'all, bro. Y'all are so unbiased. We all fans at the end of the day, bro. We want to see the kids succeed. But even yesterday, bro, he he could do three or four good things in a play, and then the one bad thing ends up as an incompletion. Like he escaped the pressure. He was rolling to his right. Jahan or Terry's like drifting toward the sideline, and he like throws the ball back into the defense. One thing that I praised him on training camp and like I came in studio and Grant and them started roasting me because it was very evident that after like seven or eight practices he had the best combination of ball placement and arm strength 
right? Like Carson had a rocket, but the ball placement was off. Taylor's ball placement was good, but he had a noodle arm. I thought Sam had the best combo. This year, he's done it, but it's not on a consistent basis. And I think that's what happens when you see him throw the ball more than 20 times per game. With those high volume of attempts, you're going to have more room for these misses. And the good quarterbacks just don't miss, bro. Like that. And, and I'm not saying the good quarterbacks, the elites. And I think we need to get him out of that conversation. He's not Pat. He's not Josh. He's not a freakazoid. He's a top. People are crazy, dog. I think his ceiling is like a top 12 to 15 guy. He's like Dak on a really good Dak day. How I compare him in terms of like his physical. But Dak's arm is stronger than his, I think. But yeah, bro. Dre, you got any thoughts on on how? And I think we can really uh we can probably wrap it up on on the show with how. Oh, I'm sorry. Pause for every. We got a lot of people in the chat. I I mean, or a, even in the chat and the, the the viewership right now. We appreciate everybody who's tapping in. Um, if you haven't done so already, like subscribe. If you are on Twitch or on on Twitter and you want to be a part of the conversation, man, go ahead and migrate over to the YouTube side. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, like, rate, review, all that good stuff, man. On the audio side. Um, look, man, it's your boy B Day. So at the very least, man, give give me a little B Day shout out yes, in the sir. in the in the rating yes, review section, man. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely appreciated. Um, but Dre, you got the floor. Uh, if there's anything on, on Sam on, on your mind. But no, I, I was just gonna finish it up by saying, you know, I, I wish a lot more of the fans could have like a at least an objective look about Sam. I mean, this goes in either direction, whether you hate Sam or you know, don't want him to be the guy, or whether you already think he's the guy. But like I noticed, you know, when a lot of people offer objective criticism about Sam, the fan base finds a way to still point it to somewhere else. Like you can say, Hey, Sam should have did something here, and you'll have a guy tell you, Well, he he didn't he never has enough time. <laughs> like he, he's not getting pressured hundred yeah, percent of the game. Right, you crazy. know, you can still evaluate Sam, you know, or like you said, it, it's been funny to me to witness, even with the Diami Brown. Now there's been times where yes, Diami Brown has dropped passes, but there were times when Sam just flat out missed Diami Brown. And instead of people saying, well, damn, Sam got to throw a better ball. They'll say, why are we, why are we having Diami Brown in the game? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's always something to kind of go away from, Hey, Sam could be better. And, and it's fine. Like I said, Sam could be here next year as a starter. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Sam is a starting quarterback in the NFL, at the very least, in my opinion. Now, how good of a starter in the NFL he is, that remains to be seen. I don't, I'm not really personally high on the ceiling, but I mean, you could rock with Sam. I think he can be somewhere again in that 12 to 16 tier or something. I don't know if that's enough to elevate you, you know, in the playoffs or get you to the title game, but he could be somewhere in that range. But again, just at least try to be objective when watching Sam. It's okay to say he missed the throw or he could have got the ball out a little bit faster because again, he's not getting pressured 100% of the game and it's not 100% of the wide receiver's fault when Whenever he misses a pass or something. Hey, just be objective. I mean, and even saying starting quarterback means nothing. Aiden O'Connell is starting. Zach Wilson has started for most of the games for the Jets. Desmond Ritter starts. Josh Dobbs starts. <laughs> you know, we, we really, in this league of football, we got mid-ass quarterback play. Like, we have a lot of mid-ass quarterbacks. I just think that, you know, like you said, Dre, and everyone is saying, like, be able to look at the game fully. Like, I see the things that he could do good. But, like, what's what's the benefit of preaching about someone's arm strength all the time when they aren't putting their arm into deep passes downfield and, and pushing it up to where your speedsters, such as a Terry McLaurin, Diami Brown, can actually run underneath the ball? Like, 
if you're not doing that, you might as well have Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Because arm strength don't matter at that point. You just need someone that's going to process the game fast enough and get the ball out. And get it to the right dude every time. Yeah, that's one it. Thing I Brock would, Purdy. Yeah. Just beat Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy is a well, one-read quarterback. Purdy, Purdy, but he Purdy got a lot of talent around him. He putting, <laughs> he putting that bitch on the money, man. I, I give it to Brock. I was late on Brock Purdy. I admit it. Like, I was trashing Slim. He's nice, bro. He oh, you change your tune. You know, I'll be listening yeah. to you, bro. So I was like, I you change your tune, tune bro. What? I didn't change my tune on, bro. Bro, he's putting the ball in the bucket. His ball placement is elite, bro. And he be under pressure, too. But what was I about to say about Sam? I think the big conversation that we're going to end up having as we get closer to the offseason is what you do with Sam probably depends on what type of team you want to construct. Because I think it's been proven you don't need to have a top five quarterback to be a, a contender in this league, right? You can insulate your quarterback like San Fran's doing, uh, like how Philadelphia's doing with Jalen Hurts. Now, I know Jalen is a lot better than Brock, but he's the most insulated quarterback in football. So, like, it, it depends on how you want to build it. Because if you think you can win with a 12 to 16 guy, keep Sam and use all of your assets to build around Sam no matter where you pick next year in the draft. But if you think – you got to have the quarterback lead this thing then go out and get you a big fish and quarterback. I think it all depends on like how you want to build the roster. There are other examples across the league of like middle tier quarterbacks with really good defenses and really good skill guys. It's about the, the ancillary pieces. But I'll, I'll have one last thing to Linnell's comment, you know, as far as um, the draft goes, I think a lot of people think that when you draft a quarterback that you can't, upgrade or fix the rest of the roster you know they always say well we have holes all over the place well you have more than one draft pick you know um if you pick right. you know and this is actually a draft i think th th this front office or whoever the gm is coming in he's going to have an attractive situation to come into if you actually wanted a quarterback you're probably going to be picking either high enough to get one or if you wanted to go up to get one it ain't going to cost you a king's ransom because you're so close to that spot so i mean i do think that if you were to draft a quarterback this year you're going to have a lot of draft picks and not even even that you're gonna have a lot of money to kind of help or insulate that quarterback, you know, at least transition to get him to transition earlier in the league. So I think you're in a good spot this year. But again, it's not a guarantee that they draft a quarterback because I mean it could, you know, the next GM could come in and say, Hey, I want Sam to at least, you know, play out this rookie contract. We're gonna build up the rest of the roster. That's fine. But I also think is it could be fine going the other way if you wanted to draft a quarterback. I don't think you're handicapped and you're, you know, not going to be able to upgrade the rest of the roster. Okay. Uh, out to, I ain't going to lie to you, you're tripping. You can still, what, what somebody just said? I, I just, I just need you to realize that it ain't, <laughs> you, I know out to, out to been consistent, man. I, that's why, yeah, that's why yes, I out yes. to, out to, he, he doesn't like Howl at all, bro. Nah, um, no. But you can you can look at this you can look at this offense you can look at Sam for that the inverse you can look at Sam too, um, yeah, the boys man. AJ done pissed the chat off today. Oh yeah, <laughs> nah, they on his ass. I'm telling you, AJ public enemy number one. Hey, I'm 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 cool with it, man. Like at the end of the day, we we gather on here to talk football. Like everyone's yeah. opinion is different. If we all agreed on the same thing, it'd be no point of y'all tuning in or doing this show. Like it it's just. To say you can't evaluate a player is like, it's insane. If you went to the park right now and played basketball for two hours, could you not evaluate if someone could play basketball or not? Or do you do you need more days out the week to come see this person play at, at the park? <laughs> like, I think it's your tone, bro. I think it's your tone, bro. You remind me of Mason, bro. 
Bro, I'm, Af- I'm African, <laughs> dog. Like, wait, I'm remind African. him of what? What'd you say, Linnell? Who you remind you of? Mace. Mace, bro. Of Mace? Y'all, the way y'all like the rapper, yeah, like the way y'all, all the world yeah, we Mace, won't bro. stop. Yeah, you remind me of Mace, bro. Y'all cool as hell. Is what I'm basically trying Damn. to say, you just you just a cool dude, bro. So when you say <laughs> stuff <laughs> with conviction, people are like, huh? But I hear yeah. what you be saying. You, you, it's no bias to what you're saying, bro. It is what it is. Let me ask y'all this, right? Because y'all see when y'all watch the film that EB is dialing it up offensively. You think Jacoby would be giving us better production? Um, I don't know, man. Um, did you I'm, notice? Let me let me, let me look at this. Let me let me show y'all. Let me show y'all, bro. There's been game, bro. You scored seven points against the New York Giants in the game. You scored three points against the Buffalo Bills. And don't forget, you scored three points because you called a timeout at the end so you can kick the field goal, right? So you were damn near getting shut out. Um, You scored 19 against the Giants, but don't forget, I think you found yourself down 14-3 before the game even started, basically. Um, And then 10 points against the the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, What my point is with, with even mentioning those, right, I don't know if the quarterback is going to make the difference. Um, I think that uh, the quarterback can – you can you might find consistency in Jacoby Brissett, but I don't know to what degree that consistency results in more points. Um, and also don't know uh, if you're looking at uh, EB and saying that he'll call like the exact same game plan with Brissett. And, and that means like I don't know what it's – I don't know what the offense would look like. Like it may right, a little be, be a little bit different because he may trust Sam Howe to do more with his arm, and and I think Jacoby don't have he don't I don't think got the same arm as, as Sam, so I, I just don't know. I don't think it's gonna be that much different. I just wonder if his eyes will go to the right place more often. That's I, all, think, I think I think it would have allowed Eb to open up his playbook a bit more, because if you if you notice like Kansas City's offense versus the offense that's being ran in Washington. You don't really see a lot of the motion at like implemented as much as they do in Kansas City. And I think that's because of Sam Howe's inexperience. And I think with Brissett, he would be able to manipulate defenses a little bit more with his eyes. But overall, like he's not a good quarterback. Like it was an example of yes, and not to cut you off, bro. Like difference between a veteran quarterback and a and a and a rookie quarterback like Sam, bro. He had a high low read. I think you're supposed to like low to high but like veterans are reading high to low and notice that i'll put my eyes at the high read just so i can throw it underneath and i don't see him use his eyes enough in that aspect i know that's just one concrete example but like there was a play yesterday he had a high low with i think it was terry and curtis and like he throws the ball to terry but like it, it's, it goes over his head it's incomplete but if he keeps working the deeper route with his eyes bro the underneath stuff opens up and that's what I thought we would see more. You're, often. you're talking about a play. pass that he missed on the sideline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that's just some some things of that nature you just can't teach, man. You can't teach a guy to be an anticipatory uh, t- uh, thrower of the ball. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that, that would be the major difference is the fact that Brissett has played a lot of football in the NFL. Uh, he's been in different systems, and I think he would be able to manipulate his eyes better, but as far as like accuracy or whatever the case, I don't really know. That's something that can't really just call out, but uh, definitely manipulation of the eyes. Uh, people could say, 
oh, they were down 38-10. But that pass that Deron Bland broke the record on, that's <laughs> – he, he stared him down the whole way. Stared time. him down the whole way against off coverage, bro. <laughs> Jahan ran an out so. route. Like, he, yeah, broke, he almost threw a pick six like, before was, that, though. He almost threw was running yeah. around like nobody <laughs> talk about it, Dre. Like, yeah. what's up? like he almost threw a pick six before that brand cuz dropped it. He was itching like, the throw. Thing, I don't know. And then it happened against the Giants game. The, the Giants too. Like they he had a couple passes where he threw it right to him and they dropped it, bro. Like I'm like in my head, I'm like, what am I tripping? Like, do y'all make like am I am I putting these opinions out and, and I'm the and I'm the fool? Like, I can't be the fool. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I don't know. Everybody I mean, that, that was them, easy. Bro. You you a cornerback. You T-stepping. You know you in zone. And the person ain't moving their eyes. They looking one way as soon as they drop back. That's pick six. And that's exactly what happened. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me actually share something from a guy. And if you all aren't following, bro, uh, I, I talked to him a couple times through DM, like especially when I don't know things, admittedly. Um, I'm not a perfect film evaluator. Like, I... I just started like doing this shit seriously like a year ago. Like it is what it is. Um, but this dude, the honest NFL, uh, that's literally his name on Twitter. You can look him up. Yeah, bro. Um, know, bro. but he said this about the INT that Sam Howe threw to Bland, and I'll read it verbatim. He said that INT by Bland on Howe is a good lesson in the subtleties of throwing outbreakers and the rules of them. And he listed the rules. Um, and you can all see, you can look at the replay and you can see how much this applies to Sam. Um, if if, if all of them apply to Sam, then boom, there you go. But here we go. If the receiver doesn't have free access, don't bother. If you're not early, you're late. Always throw it off the plant, no hitching or hesitation. Don't open up your hips too early when throwing backside. Never stare down the, the uh never stare it down waiting for the receiver to break. You're throwing it against the CB who is who is reading every detail of your body language likely while in a position to break on it don't be afraid to progress to number two if the cornerback is squatting on it with vision or if the receiver doesn't sell the vertical well enough and then the last thing he added also throw it to to their flat leverage so if you're going to miss it better be outside and not inside when the defender has the leverage and the balance to make the play um so when people say Welcome that they aren't tripping about certain things bro like that's that's literally the the part of consistency that you want to see like he broke down the nuance in the technical details of that one play but like just because somebody has like a few good plays like this the game the score was out of reach but that score could have been 21 to, to 22 and he's driving for a game winner and you see something like that and you're like bruh like move on like that read ain't there like and, and then we're talking about a whole different situation and and i think those are the critical things that you have to take into account uh and, and for those who don't know the honest i know I, I said you need to follow him he's a he's a former nfl scout uh i know he did work with philadelphia i don't know if he's moved around a lot um he's very anonymous on twitter um so he doesn't share too much in terms of like his actual personal information but former scout in the nfl um and now he's doing things full-time on twitter uh sharing things like that so um, See, this is this is shit I've been talking about. You broke down all of that. You read verbatim what the dude wrote, and someone's in the chat talking about man and made those same interceptions early in his career. All right, bro. He's not Peyton Manning, bro. 
And he's not Troy Aikman. Like, stop doing that. That, that is such a reach, bro. Like, what? It is honestly irrelevant. I'm, I'm starting to block people who say shit like that. Because you know how crazy you sound, bro? Not Peyton Manning. All I did was sh- like I'm I'm looking at it now too because I was looking at the, the the actual post, but I'm looking through the comments now. I'm like, damn, bro, like I can't even, I can't even share a goddamn a post from somebody who I, I clear I, I value and, and respect, bro. I can't I can't even Good, share bro. it to the chat, bro. Without without them getting on on on, on their ass and defending Sam, I'm like, bro, like, hey man, you know Peyton Manning did it. You know Fran <laughs> Fran Tarkin and Sammy Jerkinson, they went through the same hurdles early in their oh, career. Man. You know Patrick Mahomes did the same thing. Hey, hey man, Jalen Hurts and Sam Howell numbers looking like they the same quarterback. Know, they killing me so, with the Hurts Howell. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. Lord. But someone in the chat said that no one called for Jacoby Brissett at the deadline. Someone actually did. I believe the Cleveland Browns offered Washington a sixth round pick, but Washington turned it down. I don't know why they didn't make the trade, but yeah, they did get calls about Brissett, but they apparently weren't interested in trade. Value him in that room. I think they were going to have to get yeah. blown away for to actually move him. They value him in the room. But what, what the honest NFL said in the last thing is like when I was – I was going to say when I was taught like I ever played quarterback. My brother played quarterback. I know some of the shit that he would be taught. You you can't be late in out. You can't be late in inside. Like if you're going to miss on an out, miss out, miss toward the sideline. Don't throw it back in to where the cornerback's leverage is. And I think that's what Sam has issues with on that particular route because he's had those plays dropped before this year as well. Man. Um, you know what's crazy, bro? Like I, I knew I went past my time, but I was like, bro, like I ain't even tripping. We we an hour and twenty twenty five in, bro. Like hey, it was a lot of shit to get into. It was a lot of shit to get into. I'm hungry too, talk, bro. It's leftover yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't <laughs> talk we didn't talk a good amount, bro. And I appreciate y'all staying through. This is probably the longest episode we had all season, and and I'm cool with that, bro. I'm I'm cool with that, and I know everybody else. Uh, especially in the in the chat and in the comments, man. Um, y'all are y'all are. I appreciate y'all staying too, uh, uh, from start to finish, man. So, um, I think we're gonna call it quits right here. We'll circle back on Tuesday. Um, again, schedule wise, no post game after the Dolphins. Uh, game. I'm your boy gonna be in Vegas, probably, probably fucked up in the in the uh, the casino somewhere watching the bets play out. Um, and then we'll be back on that Tuesday. To talk things through, uh, but we will be back this upcoming week on Tuesday. We'll try to figure out something for the pregame for the Dolphins. Um, I'm gonna have to adjust the schedule a little bit. Um, and actually, it may not even go live for the post game. I mean, for the, the game preview, I, I gotta figure everything out. Um, oh, yeah, no, that's un- unfortunately, no one won the uh, Sam Howell. Jersey. No one won the Sam Howell because that we'll have a pick sealed it. Giveaway? Yeah, we was doing a giveaway. He had to he had to meet some stipulations. Uh, Performance wise, to get it done, and um, yeah, he, he went. He, he actually went over two. I don't know if you he was here around for the first one. We did two. We tried to do two giveaways, and he didn't meet the stipulations for either the Seattle game. I think it was. He didn't. He yeah. He dropped. What do he have to do against Seattle? I thought, well, never mind. Three ten. Um, and I think was it no interceptions or no turnovers or something like that. I don't remember what it was. I think maybe it was, it was no the Patriots game. I don't remember. One of them. I think it was no interceptions, but even yesterday, his quarterback rating, I think, was like a one in a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on bad. <laughs> my man, uh, my man, Nick Wright, my man, Nick Wright from Fox Sports One did a graphic on Wednesday. Sam's got the most interceptions and sacks per game in the history since the merger. If you combine the two, you said Nick Wright, yeah, I got the screenshot of the graphic. 
Um, I'll, I'll send it around. He said Sam's got the most since the merger in terms of like yeah sacks per game combined with the interceptions. I think it's like five point something. Oh lord, I'm looking for it now. I worry about Nick Wright. Yeah, send it, send it, send it, send it, send it my way, bro. Um, all right, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, again, like I said, everybody, I appreciate y'all staying through. Um, start to finish. Like, subscribe if you haven't done it. Um, show your boys some love on this B day, man. Um, but y'all be safe. Enjoy the rest of y'all weekend. Enjoy Black Friday, man. If y'all doing some shopping today, bro, make sure you get your boy uh, some of the most expensive items that you can. <coughs> Just do it for me. Do it for me. Uh, <laughs> do it for me. Hey, Lanil, uh, I know you about to get your leftovers, Dre. I know you about to do the oh, same thing. Man. I'm about I'm, I'm I'm to crush in like a couple. Matter of fact, I'm going to lunch, so I'm probably not about to do too much right now, but I haven't ate yet, so I'm going to figure something out. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, y'all be safe, bro. Enjoy y'all weekend. Uh, AJ Dre, we'll tap in. We'll try to get the schedule going. Moving forward, Linnell, man. Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all, man. <laughs> Linnell, Linnell, I'm up. <laughs> he doing the evil laugh. We done, bro. Hey, Linnell, be safe, bro. We out here, dog. Y'all Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.